Let us pray together. God, we thank you this morning that we can gather in your presence, in your love, knowing that you are a merciful God and that you have been merciful to us, that it is you, our triune God, that is the source of all mercy. It's in your being that all mercy flows from you in your actions. Father, we pray that this morning you would sweep us again into the current of your mercy, and of your love. Because Jesus, you truly are our King. And because of that reality, may we live in submission to you as King. And may we be on mission for you and your kingdom. Because our triune God, you are holy. Come with the power of your Spirit and make us holy. God, you are immortal. You are invisible. Come among us mortals and make Yourself visible through Your Spirit, through the preaching of Your Word. Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart may be acceptable and pleasing to You. O God, my Rock and my Redeemer, come and feed us and speak to us, we pray. In Christ's powerful name, Amen. Good morning. Believe it or not, research shows us that by the time a young man nowadays becomes 21, that he will have logged some 10,000 hours looking at and playing a video game. 10,000 hours. Start equating that. How many days is that? It's about a year of their life. Similar research says that by the time a typical average person turns 21, not only have they logged 10,000 hours in video games, they've logged a similar amount of hours in pornography. Amazing the times we live in. Amazing what uh, access our children have. And it's amazing what it is doing to their minds. Researchers uh, and doctors are saying that all this time playing video games, all this time in front of the internet and in front of pornography and many other things is literally rewiring the minds of Americans, especially our young people. It's amazing to see what is happening through technology. It challenges us to the core, even challenges us with our understanding of education, I watched an amazing clip this week that looked at the minds of a typical American male and female uh, going through school, saying all the things that they are subjected to and how it is an absolute antithesis to how we typically teach and how kids typically learn. We are in difficult times. And God is challenging us. He's calling us. He's calling us in His Word that we are to renew our minds. That we are basically called to rewire our brains so that we can have brains and minds that beat for God and love God so that we can offer our bodies, that we can offer our whole beings as a living, holy, acceptable sacrifice to our great God. God is calling us to live and to sacrifice for Him alone. And the only way that we can do that is to have our hearts and our minds rewired. To be transformed. What Scripture says, as Gary read, to, 
to no longer conform to the pattern of this world. Amazing. Paul wrote that so much longer before uh, the invention of the internet, the invention of video games. How true is it for us today to no longer conform to the pattern of this world, but that we need to rewire, retransform our minds so that we can glorify and live for God. Our sacred journey, this is what it's all been about. Through God's word and spirit, we've been saying, God, rewire our hearts. God, rewire our minds. God, take us through these disciplines so that we can do that which we were created to do, to worship you, to know you, to adore you, and to love you. This is why we have been created, to worship God alone. And that's why the sacred journey focus has been, God, would you please rewire our hearts to Jesus? Would you please renew our hearts to Jesus? Today we're going to look at three things as we end the culmination of the sacred journey in worship. And man, what an amazing worship we've already had. Today is going to be truly set apart here at Orangewood to worship our great triune God. Tonight we gather back at 5.30 to celebrate the Lord's Supper and to worship again. So let me encourage you. But today, as we look to God's Word, we're going to look at three things. One is this. You and I have been created to worship. Second thing is, is that if we are His children by His grace, that we have been recreated in Christ supernaturally to worship Him. And lastly, that when Jesus comes back or we go to see Him, Ultimately, we will be glorified so that our worship will be perfected. Each week at this journey, I try to look at a heart issue. Really look at these spiritual disciplines and say, by God's grace, God, aim your arrows of your love at our heart. What is the heart issue here? It's adoration. Listen, what we love, we will worship. Listen, what we love we will worship. And the focus of our hearts, the focus of our lives, need to be the focus of our love. And it needs to be on our triune God through the amazing work of His Son so that together we will fall more deeply in love with the God who is. That truly our lives will be a living sacrifice because we love Him. But He first loved us. And we respond to that love in Christ Jesus. First of all, it's this, that we are created to worship God. Again, Romans 11, 36 tells us about this amazing Jesus. It says this, For from Him, and through Him, and to Him are all things. Listen to that, my brothers and sisters in Christ. All things that were created, all things visible and invisible are all by Him, through Him, and for Him. Why? To Him be the glory forever. Amen. We have been created to worship. We've been created worshipers. And our hearts and minds will naturally worship what we cherish. A lot of these spiritual disciplines aren't natural things in our lives. But worship is. We will naturally worship what our hearts cherish. Why? Because we were created in God's image. God gave to us amazingly a reflection of who He is, of all the things that He created all point to Him. 
Uh, Psalm 19 says that all creation pours forth speech of a God who is. But in all the things that God created, He only created man and female in His image to be worshipers of Him, to reflect who He is. He created us to worship. And that's why we do it. We do it naturally. Because we are made in His image. But because of sin, we've been marred. Think about it. If evolution were true, if we were evolving, if it was about the survival of the fittest, would you ever evolve to worship? Does that theory ever give us an understanding why? If it is about survival of the fittest, what in that theory of the strongest winning ever would lead to bowing of the knee in worship? The fact that we all do worship points to the reality that we're made by a God who is. I remember being in a Bible study with a man who was an agnostic at best, maybe an atheist. His job took him all over the world. It took him to some very remote places, um, pretty much uh, against anything to do with God or Christianity. As we were in that book study together, he said, one of the things I say, I'll, I'll study a book, but it can't be anything to do with Christianity. Which, by the way, Every story that was ever told, every book will ultimately point to the ultimate storyteller. You can't have a story that you can't find somewhere in there. The one who created all things, through all things, to him alone be glory. But as we were wrestling together with the book, uh, as a matter of fact, there was an interesting book called The Poisonwood Bible, but uh, more on that some other time. I said to him, I said, I know your travels have led you into some pretty remote places. Have you found people in faraway places worshiping? He goes, oh yeah, everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, I find people who worship. They worship the stars, the moon. They worship some, some different religion, but they all worship. I said, you know, does it make sense that they evolved to that? Could it possibly be that they were made in a God whose image they reflect. And they were actually made to worship. He said, you know, that's good. I haven't thought about that before. And that's the reality, is that we were created to worship. Right now, you're going to worship something. Tomorrow, you will worship something. Throughout this week, you will worship something. The question is, is who will you worship? Will it be yourself? Will it be creation? Or will it be our great God? If the question is not if we will worship. The question is what. But really the focus I want to have today is the second point is here. Is that we have been recreated to worship. God originally has wired us in his image. But sin has marred that image. Sin has separated us from a holy God. Because of that, our minds are corrupted. Because of that, our hearts are polluted. Because of that, we will worship everything but him. Our hearts will continue, as John Calvin say, be idol producers. But God in his amazing mercy and love seen in the face of his son Jesus has given us new life. He has recreated us so that you and I could do that which we've always been intended to do, to worship the God who is the creator of the heavens and earth. That is why we have been recreated, to worship the immortal, invisible God, only wise. God could say to us, hey, worship me. Worship me because my character demands it, my being. God could say to us, listen, because I'm God, you deserve to worship me. You should bow down and fall down and worship me. God could say to us, 
because of my actions, because of all the things I've done, come and worship me. God's word says, come and worship me. Let everything that has breath worship the Lord. But what I want to focus on today is this. Our hearts and minds have been supernaturally transformed to truly cherish the God who is. Listen, God is so loving and merciful to His children that He is going to come by His grace and He's going to remove a heart of stone, a heart that doesn't worship Him, a heart that worships anything but Him. And He's going to remove that. And he, by His grace, He's going to give us a new heart, a heart of flesh, a heart that beats for Him. He's going to put a spirit inside of us so that we now are able to worship the true God who is. It's a supernatural thing. I mean, what God does for sinners like us is so amazingly merciful that He makes us new creations. That sin has so separated us from God. He says, i got to start all over spiritually. i got to give Him a whole new nature. And I'll do it in Christ Jesus. Through Jesus' blood, I'll forgive them. Through Jesus' righteousness, I will robe them. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I will empower them. And now they can be supernaturally recreated to worship me, the only God who is. And here's how God says, I want you to worship me now. Worship me by and through and because of my mercy. Now think about that for a minute. Think about that. He could have said, just worship me because who I am and what I've done. He says, no, I want you to worship me by grace. I want you to worship me because of mercy. I want you to worship me because I love sinners and I set them free and I fill them with the Holy Spirit and I adopt them into my family and I forever love them. Think about the reality of that. God says, don't worship me so that you might obtain my mercy. That would be pretty cool of God. Don't worship me so that someday you may have find my favor. Don't worship me so that maybe someday I will accept you. God says the absolute opposite. He says, come and worship me because of my mercy, through my mercy, by my mercy, because I have supernaturally given you as my children a new heart. See, here's the reality for those of us here in this room who are not believers of the Lord Jesus Christ, who haven't surrendered their life to Christ. You can't build your way there. You can't renew your mind enough. You can't can't have acceptable worship except for His mercy and grace in Christ Jesus. So the message for those of you who are here and don't have Jesus in your heart is simple. Bow before Him and embrace His grace and mercy Accept this amazing free gift. We can't build our own stairway. Listen, this should so warm our hearts that God says, in light of my mercy. Romans 1 through 11 is amazing theology. It's amazing doctrinal stuff. And we get to this point where where Gary read this morning for us that all of a sudden there's almost inexplicable praise. Because what God has done in light of his mercy, now we worship. We offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. That is where we are. God gives us an amazing grace that by his mercy we've received righteousness by faith. By his mercy we have been set free. And again, we worship him by, because, and through his mercy and grace. Let it resonate in your souls. It will set you free, my brothers and sisters. 
if you realize the grace in which he's calling us to live our lives and to live before him and offer our sacrifices to him. Listen, let's make it a little bit more clear. By God's mercy and grace, we sinners like us who have been separated from the God, who once were not people, who were once people of darkness, have been brought in, we have been made like Jesus. Not completely, he still holds the deity part, but we are his sons brought into the family co-heirs in Christ Jesus. And like Jesus, listen to this, now we as his children, here's how God's word explains who we are. You ready for this? We're the temple of God. We're the temple of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. says this, Or do you not know, this is talking to born-again believers, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. For you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. By God's mercy and grace, through the work of Jesus Christ, He now says, by the way, I want to offer your life a living, holy sacrifice. And oh, by the way, you now are the temple of God. You now are the place where God resides through His Holy Spirit. We're it. We're the place where heaven and earth meet in Christ. Think about that. You and I, as born-again believers, are the place where God is meeting His people, where heaven and earth meet are us, His people. We are His temple. He calls us to keep the temple clean, to not defile the temple, to make our lives a living sacrifice. Why? Because we are His and He has filled us. We are not only by His grace and mercy the temple of God. You ready for this? We now are the priest of God. Not just the ordained ministers. All of us as true born-again believers are the priest of God. Listen to what First Peter 2. I'm going to read verse 4. And then verse uh, 4 and 5 verse 9. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, this is Jesus, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourself, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. That's another way of saying you are the temple. And why? To be a holy priesthood. To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 9. Listen to what God's words describes those of us who have been set free by God's grace and mercy in Christ. But now, you and I, my Orangewood family, in Christ, we're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people from his, for His own possession, so that we may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. By God's mercy and grace, this transformation is so amazing to take dead sinners like us and to make us the temple of God, to take dead sinners like us and to make us the priest of God. And therefore, he says in Romans 12, he says this, do your sacrifice, your, your act of worship, which is acceptable to God. That word worship there is priestly language. Do those things of your life that are pleasing to God. He's basically saying this, I've made you mine. And I've made you my priest. And now the sacrifices you bring are not dead animals. 
You don't have to butcher any animals anymore. My son was butchered for your sins. His sin, his, his blood was sufficient. Now the sacrifice, now your priestly duty, he calls us priests. Now your duty is this. Offer a sacrifice that's pleasing and acceptable to him of your life. That is now our duty. That is what we are called to do as the priests of God. And so not only by his mercy and grace are we the temple of God, but we're the priests of God. Not only that, but now we are the sacrifice to God. What kind of sacrifice? To be living sacrifices. What mercy, what grace that Jesus came as God's tabernacle, as God's temple to come and live among us, with us sinners and to make us his temple. What an amount of amazing of mercy and grace that Jesus came as the ultimate high priest. The priest to make one sacrifice for sinners that was sufficient and now lives to intercede for us and now calls us his priests. What an amazing sacrifice by God who says, I am not only the Lamb of God, I am the one who will be the sacrifice of God. I'm it. I'm the true sacrifice. You don't have to shed your blood. I've shed mine. Now, give your life to me. That's our form of worship in light of God's mercy. Now we offer a holy and acceptable sacrifice to him. Well, how do we do it? It's pretty amazing what God says. God says, by my mercy and grace, there's a great transformation that's taken place. And now in that light of that reality, what do we do? Well, let's sew this whole thing up. We develop a Sabbath heart. Let's start there by saying we rest in the finished work of Christ. That we renew our minds so that, listen, so that Jesus' work will become our identity, not our work. That Jesus' finished work will become our reality, not our ongoing work. That we will truly trust in the work of Christ. That we will develop a Sabbath heart that rests in Him. That at least one day of the week we say, Jesus, you're enough. I'm going to put everything else away. I'm going to renew my heart. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to rest in Christ Jesus alone. I'm going to offer a holy and acceptable sacrifice of a Sabbath heart to you. One day we're going to declare to the world, he's enough. We should do it every day. But he said, especially one in seven, resting in his finished work. And as we rest as a Sabbath heart, we say, Jesus, we can't wait for that day to come when we ultimately will find our finished rest in you. A praying heart. How do we renew our minds and our lives? Uh, Well, we rewire our hearts and minds with a Sabbath heart. We rewire our hearts and minds with a praying heart. Not just a prayer life, but God is calling us to renew our lives, our hearts and minds with a life of prayer. Listen, the only chat room we should continually be in is one of prayer. In the windows of our lives, the chat room to God, the chat room to prayer, living in communion with Him, unceasing prayer should always remain open. Every other life's conversation that we have with our spouses, with our children, with our friends should be pulled through that chat room and that communion and that fellowship with God in prayer. Everything else. God should be the first one we speak to. 
God should be the one we give our heart's desires to. God should be the one we turn to when things are difficult. God should be the one that we're instantly tweeting and and putting on Facebook. It's amazing. We want to tell the world our story. We want to tell them what we're doing. Went to the grocery store today. Wow, that's interesting. Bought some apples. Went home. Beautiful day. I mean, how many of us care about that? But the one who created you does. And he wants to live in such intimacy with you that the chat room of prayer never ceases. Renew your heart and mind by continually murmuring to him, by telling him your heart's desires, your failures, by living in such communion with him that you're offering your whole life a sacrifice to him by developing a praying life, a conversation with him. God, rewire our hearts and minds with a praying heart. Not only a Sabbath heart, a praying heart, but a tithing heart. Rewire our hearts and minds with a tithing heart that we are giving to God truly the first fruits of our lives. That we're saying, God, we believe you to be true. You've set us free. It's amazing. Now we're your temple. Now we're your priest. Now we're your sacrifice. God, you've called us to seek first the kingdom of God. To seek him first with all of our resources, all of our time, all of our treasure. Seek first. If we aren't developing a tithing heart, if we're not giving him the first fruits, how can we seek first the kingdom, right? Offer your lives as a holy sacrifice into the Lord. Develop a tithing heart with all that you have. Give to him the best. He deserves it. Listen, he's given us the best. He's given us Jesus. And in him we truly have life. And in him we truly have been set free. Give him the best. Develop a tithing heart that says, God, all that I have, it comes from you anyway. All that I have was given to me for your glory anyway. God, renew my heart and mind so that I give you the first fruits of everything that I have. Not only having a Sabbath heart, a praying heart, a tithing heart, but a fasting heart. Rewire our hearts and our minds to feast on Jesus, the bread of life. To take time in your your week, your month, your year to say, I'm going to say no to what the world has. I'm going to say no to the junk food of the world. And I'm going to focus my mind and my heart. I'm going to ask God to rewire me again. To refresh me and cleanse me. And I'm going to fast on the bread of life, Jesus. i got to tell you, it's, it's changed me. Preached on this and it changed me. The highlight of my week, I told you, one week, one meal a week. One day a month, one week a year, fast on Jesus. The highlight of my week has been the day that I just see that God says, this is the day, this is the meal. Come and meet with me. And listen, Scripture says that we're not to let the left hand know what our right hand's doing, and fasting is for him, and close your closet and go there. I'm going to tell you what day I do it. I'm not going to tell you about it, but I tell you something, it's, it's, it's amazingly set me free. I mean, just one hour on my knees in prayer. One hour a week. And again, I've been praying. I've been spending time with the Lord. But to say, I'm fasting on Jesus. I'm going to just fast on the bread of life. I'm feasting on Him, I should say. Fasting from the world. God, rewire our hearts. Rewire our minds. Renew us through a Sabbath heart, a praying heart, a tithing heart, a fasting heart, a meditating heart. We looked at the fact that a meditating heart is rewiring our hearts and minds so they have a heart murmur for God. That literally that our hearts beat for Him. That we've meditated on God's Word. That we've meditated on God's works. 
that we've meditated on God's promise. Singular. And by the way, if you remember, what is God's promise? If a preacher asks you a question, always yell Jesus. You never can go wrong. What is God's promise? Everything that God promises in His Word, everything points to Jesus. Everything finds its fulfillment in Jesus. Everything is yes in Jesus. All the promises meet in Jesus on that cross. Righteousness and mercy meets. So we meditate on God's Word. We meditate on God's works. We meditate on God's promise. Jesus. Why? So our hearts beat for Him. So the meditation of our hearts, the murmur, the heartstrings, tell His story. Why? So we're tuned to sing the song of salvation. Why? So we renew our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Why? So we could be a living sacrifice for Him. Why? Because we were made for His glory. Developing a fasting heart, a meditating heart, and lastly, a a sacramental heart. Rewiring our hearts and minds by renewing these tangible touches of God. What Christ has given us tonight, come Jesus wants to strengthen your soul, believer. Come back tonight. He wants to be tangibly present here in a spiritual sense to strengthen us. All these things so that we can have a worshiping heart. Rewiring our hearts and minds to adore Jesus. Adore Him more than the world that Jesus created. Giving us a worship heart so we worship the God who is not the creation or some created thing. Let me ask you, how many hours are we wiring our hearts and minds to this world? How many hours are we wiring our hearts and minds to this world? And how many hours are we wiring our hearts and minds to God in Christ? what this journey is all about lastly we will be glorified to worship god in romans uh, revelation 7 9 through 17 it's a beautiful picture of heaven let me encourage you to go there and read it uh, today it will say that from every tribe tongue and nation there will be those who are present they'll be wearing white robes because they've been washed in the blood of christ they'll be radiant they'll be beautiful every tear will be wiped away they will be with their god and forever what will we be doing we will be worshiping Everything else the church does will cease. But never will worship cease because we've been created to and will be perfected to worship God. Our hearts and minds will ultimately transform to only cherish God. Because of God's mercy and grace in Christ, the day is coming, my brothers and sisters, when we will worship in perfection. The day is coming when our Sabbath hearts will truly find their perfect rest in Christ. The day is coming, my brothers and sisters, when our praying hearts will have face-to-face conversations with Jesus. The day is coming, my brothers and sisters, when our tithing hearts will be fully and finally given to Jesus. The day is coming, my brothers and sisters, when our fasting hearts will be feasting with Jesus at His table, with Him present. The day is coming when our meditated hearts Meditating hearts will be perfectly tuned to Jesus and nothing else. 
The day is coming when our sacramental hearts will be forever touched by Jesus and never again touched by sin, death, and depravity. The day is coming when our worship hearts will be perfectly and forever tuned to worship and adore Jesus. The day is coming. And oh, what a day it will be. But today... We've been called to prepare our hearts for that day. Today, he says to us, renew your mind. Present your body, your being as a living sacrifice. that's acceptable and holy in my sight. Why? Because I've made you my temple in Christ Jesus. I've made you my priest. And I've now made you the sacrifice that's acceptable to me of your life living for me. Come back tonight. Let's worship our great God together. Participate in the Lord's Supper. You'll find in your bulletin, you'll have this, the weekly study guide, which we've always had. Next week, the journey continues. We've had this sacred journey. Well, this is the end of it. Next week, uh, we will have the, the sacred foundation series starting next week as we look at the foundation of our faith. And let's ask God continually, God, Will you please hear it, Orangewood, for your glory? Because everything was made for your glory. God, would you rewire our hearts and our minds in Jesus so we can live for him. And there's no greater way to live. He'll truly set us free and truly give us joy. Are you renewing your hearts and minds? In Christ Jesus. Are you being transformed from this world through the Holy Spirit, His Word and disciplines to live for Him? Let us pray. Father God, thank You for creating us to be worshipers. And Father, thank You for rescuing us so that we could be worshipers of something bigger and better than ourselves. That we could be worshipers of something bigger and better of this creation of yours, that we through Christ Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, have the amazing privilege and joy because of your mercy and grace to be worshipers of the God who is. And now to live our lives as a sacrifice, saying, God, you've given us all things. Give us a worshiping heart in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray for the man, woman, and child who's yet to come to Christ Jesus as their Lord. It hasn't come to that place where they say, yes, through Jesus all things were created for Him and by Him and to Him alone be glory. That today would be the day where they would worship Him in spirit and truth by surrendering their heart to Christ. Father, for the rest of us, that by Your grace and mercy we have been rescued because of the blood of the Lamb. That, Father, now our lives would be rewired in Christ Jesus. That our lives now will truly be a living sacrifice, acceptable and holy in Your sight, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And, Father God, we thank You that it's all by Your grace and mercy that we are who we are in Christ Jesus. And what a joy it is to worship our King. It's in His name we pray. Amen.